Good morning. Happy Sabbath. Oh, that, that's not going to do. That's just not going to do. I'm sorry, my friends. All right. Let's try this one more time. Happy Sabbath. Okay, okay. We're getting warmed up. Um, uh, those of you might, that know me might know this. And so we're going to really have to try this one more time. All right. So to help out, I'm going to say, and you might know this, God is good because he is. And you're going to respond, oh, thank you, brother. So this shouldn't be too difficult, right? So let's give it a go. God is good? And all the time? Okay, so even though it is Christmas time and we're not, not all of us are here, this little group that's here, seems like you've got the right energy. Praise God. So, I, um, those of you who don't know me, my name's Enoch. I'm married to the wonderful Jessica. Um, some of you might know that we've been in the refreshed circle for a while, and uh, we used to go to um, South Pine. And my story is I've been up and down the East Coast almost my whole life uh, going to Adventist churches. So I've uh, come across quite a few different kinds of crowds and people, and that's shaped a bit of my experience. But I'm not here to talk necessarily about me. I want to share with you some of the stuff I've gone through, some of the things I've witnessed and I notice on a day-to-day basis, and see if that applies to you and maybe can help you out as well. Talking today about God's healing power. So before we get started, let's bow our heads, let's pray, and ask God to be with us. Dear Lord, we ask that you be with us today. Um, Lord, use me. Help me to share that which you put on my heart. Help it to be not my words, but yours. Thank you, Lord, that even though... um, Some of us have gone on holidays. We are here to worship. We are here to be encouraged. We are here to be reminded that you are a God that wants to heal us, not only love us, not only save us, but completely heal us and give us strength day to day. We ask you to be with us. We ask for your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let's see if this slide works. All right. I'm going to have three main points. Right? If you don't remember one point, you've got another point to remember. If you don't remember point two, you can remember point three. That's fine. I don't mind. But all three points will be, po- will be sending you to one major thing. God wants to heal you. He's got the power to heal. He's got the power to heal you on every single level and to help you on every single level. Now, you might say to me, oh, but... That's great. I've heard this before. Jesus, he loves me. He says he's great. Wonderful. I'm here to... That's not anything new. Yeah. But how often do we forget it, find ourselves going up and down in life, and find ourselves a little bit... a little bit of a roller coaster. So yes, all three points will be pointing out that God wants to do healing. Now, how... Who here has been um, on a roller coaster or been to Movie World, Dream World? Anyone? Just me? I recently went with some friends to Movie World uh, last weekend. It was very exciting, very fun. And I'm sure you all know the feeling of going, oh, this is going to be exciting, this is going to be great. And then next thing you know, oh, my goodness. And then you're screaming and you're having a great time. But then... Your stomach is also going up and down, and you're not sure if you're afraid, excited. You're not sure what emotion you're feeling. Anyone? Anyone feel like that? Is it just me? 
All right, guys, you're going to have to respond a little bit. I need to know that you're not dead, all right? Thank you. That's fine. So is anyone, anyone else felt that way? Yes, okay. Now, I have a question. Do you think you could live like that? If you had to go on a roller coaster every day of your life, how long until you're like, I'm done with this? Maybe two days? Anyone? Two days? You could do that for two days? A week? A week? No? We're already, we're already down. Two days, that's enough for most of us, right? What about your spiritual life? What if our spiritual lives were like a roller coaster going, oh yeah, I love God. I'm with Him. I'm praying. He's guiding my life. Oh my goodness, where am I? I don't even know if He's here. Oh my goodness, I love God. He's amazing. Oh my goodness, I'm here. Has anyone ever felt like that? Okay, the rest of us are in very stable, wonderful relationship with God. I'm amazed and praise you and want to talk to some of you later. Wonderful. Praise God. We'll have to share notes later. What I've noticed in my short young life so far is that many of us in the Adventist church, Christians broadly, sometimes, maybe not always, feel a bit like on a roller coaster. I think we forget that God has great healing power. One of my favorite quotes from Tim Queller is that the gospel is this, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared to believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared to hope. I think this is a truth that scares us or makes us feel uncomfortable it makes us feel that perhaps we're forever going to be on a roller coaster of our spiritual lives. Not so, my friends, not so. All right, we're going to look at a few little pointers of how God heals. Now, I'm not going to go through every single text, but I want you to at least write it notes if you're writing notes or take note of it. Um, open up in your Bibles so you have time. John 10 10. One of the things that the Bible tells us is that God wants to give you an abundant life. Christ came to give you life and life more abundant. One of the things you need, we need to remember about God. While you were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is the kind of mentality that the God that you serve, the God that wants to heal you and help you is. When you were perceiving God as your enemy, I'm here for you, man. Come all that are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Matthew 11, 28, 29. Ezekiel 36, I will put a heart within you. Though you have a heart of stone, I will give you a heart of flesh. Though you're hard-hearted, though the world makes you grumpy and cynical and down and you look around and everything is, mm, and you have to sign in another thing and you're this and that and you're not sure what's, what's going to happen. Will I have a job? Will I not have a job? What's happening in the world? This, that, and the other. No matter what, I will give you a heart of flesh so that nothing out there can affect you. You're at peace. We all know John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Not for God so had certain limitations, had certain rules and things and said, well, if you do enough, if you do the right thing, if you say the right thing at the right time, if you show the right presentation, if you perform in the right way. No. He loved the world and gave of himself even if they reject him. Luke 19.10 
He came to seek and save that which was lost. He didn't come to judge, condemn, destroy, to save, to heal that which was lost. Not to go, how'd you get lost? Didn't I tell you? I put a simple path. Like, it's not that difficult. No. Luke 19.10. Yeah, seek to save the lost. Next one, Corinthians 5.19. While we were yet sinners, Christ was not counting your sins against you. The mistakes you make, the difficulties you have in your life, the times you fail and you feel like a failure, he's not going, okay, number 15. <laughs> Let's see if you get 60. No. See, this is the mentality we have of ourselves and the people we say we love and the people we say we hate and the people we don't even know. We have that mentality. But God doesn't have that mentality. See, the healing power of God, his mentality is, I'm here to help you. I'm here to be with you. I'm here to support you. Yes, you've failed, obvious, but I'm here for you. And my favorite, have how God gets his mentality for healing, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. And I want everyone, if you've got your um, Bibles or if you have your phones, look there with me, because this one really hits home for me every time. I'm just going to open it up. Bear with me. Bear with me. Come now, verse 18 says. Let us reason together. Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be white like wool. He wants the God that you serve, the God that wants to heal you, the God that is, the God of the Bible is. I want to collaborate with you. I want to reason with you. I want to be able to win you over, show you that I've got, the, I've got the solution to the problem. I can help you. In the same way, he wants to build, a doctor wants to build trust with you. He says, you've got cancer, but I can help. You have uh, an itch. I can scratch. You have a problem I can fix. God wants to collaborate with you. He is not a healer that says, sit down, do as I say, shut up. No. He wants to win you over. Often, I think, I've experienced this, maybe the rest of you haven't, we get a bit awkward with God trying to help us. He says, God is trying to help us and says, and, and, and we think that his attitude towards us is, oh yeah, no worries. You know, Lord, I'm drowning, I need your help. Yep, nice to meet you, drowning. That's, that's sometimes how we think God is towards us. He's indifferent. Oh, we're finding it difficult. Why doesn't God hear me? Why think, aren't things the way I want them to be? Or we think that God is a little bit of, yeah, I saw that. Okay, let's tick that one off. What are you doing? Hmm, what are you doing? Hi. You know that feeling you get? You might have some friends that are like that. They go, hey, what are you, what are you doing? That is not the God we serve. Although maybe we were convinced by um, people in our lives that God isn't like that. Does he know? Of course he knows. But does he go, hey, what you doing? What you doing? Hey, how's what you doing? There's an attitude. His attitude is not that to want to bring you down, but to lift you up. Christ is ready to set us free from sin. But he does not force us. 
He does not force the will. And if by persistent transgression, the will itself is wholly bent to evil, we do not desire. See, this is the only thing ever stopping anyone from having healing, help. All right. The best physician I know is the physician in the, in the Bible, God, who says, I'm not going to force you. I just want to be here to help. If you don't want help, okay, no worries. If we don't desire to be set free, if we will not accept his grace, what one can he do for us? The way he heals is he asks you, come reason with me today. If you hear my voice, don't harden your hearts. Come. Come on. Spend some time with me. Come now. Reason together. Come now. Come on. Give me a minute of your time. Let me convince you. I know this therapy is a bit difficult. I'd be unsure about how it works, but I've been doing this for a long time. This will help. Point two, I don't know about you, uh, but I've heard this when I was a young boy, uh, very often, y'all need Jesus. There's a very passionate lady, and she'd go up the front, she'd be like, y'all need Jesus today. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we do. Now, we might easily say, oh, but Enoch, we're here at church, we love Jesus, we have our families, we have our friends, we... Spend time with the Bible, we spend time with friends, we try and do the best we can. Uh, let's not, don't blow this out of proportion, right? You know, what are you talking about? We need Jesus. We've already got him, right? Well, yeah, but if we are to heal our hearts if I'm, and minds and even begin the journey, accepting, uh, sorry, begin the journey, accepting we need help is the critical step to change. You and I are broken. If you're not sure about that, take five, ten minutes looking around in our world. Take five, ten minutes to just Google search social media and addictions to social media. Take five, ten minutes to just look at the statistics of happiness over the last decade or even over the last several decades. Take five, ten minutes to look at your social group and see how many people are like, I'm stable, I'm happy, I'm ready to be there for everyone and anyone, anytime and you'll soon find out that uh, a lot of us are very unhappy. A lot of us have anxieties over our lives. A lot of us even that are Christians, that are Adventists, but we feel that way. And the world out there is constantly, things are amazing. Oh, my goodness, things are so horrible. Things are amazing. Oh, my goodness, things are so horrible. I've noticed that that type of attitude breeds anxiety, stress, worry. So, in my opinion, I look around, we are all broken in some way. Some more, some less, some sideways, some straight up and down. We're all broken in some way. But I think we find it difficult to have a deep respect for the facts and the strange riddle of our lives. We might look around and say, well, why aren't I like that person? They're finding it easy. Or this person's finding it better. Or this is this way. We have a deep respect for the facts that I'm broken. I ain't perfect. Who 
who here has heard of the uh, story of the prodigal son? No? I think we've all heard it. We can breeze through it quickly, but there's a really crucial point that I want to make, that we all need Jesus. And it's this one. Am I the bad guy? Could I be the bad guy? This is a comedy sketch where um, (laughs) two comedians dress up as um, uh, German soldiers in the World War II. uh, And the comedy sketch is, would German soldiers during World War II ever turn around to each other and go, are we the bad guys? We're wearing skulls. Everything's black. We're very mean and straight. Could we be the bad guys? I guess we never have that in our lives. We love Jesus. We could never be the bad guys. We're in church, right? We're nice to our friends. We're not the bad guys. No, no, no. But here, take this from Jesus himself. In the story of the prodigal son, we know what happened. Jesus continues to teach him the truth about the kingdom. He says there was a wealthy man who had two sons. One was young. One was older. The young one said to him, I'd like to have the inheritance. Come on, Dad. I can't wait till you're dead. Pay it out now. I want the blessings of the Christian life now with no pain and suffering today. And he went out and lived his life as he wished. You don't hear that the father in this story goes, oh, excuse me, no. And before, God heals with giving you freedom. God heals by not forcing you. God heals by inviting you. He goes, okay, no worries. When he was penniless, there was a severe famine in the country where he was living, and he began to starve. So he found a job working for a citizen of that country, feeding a man's pigs. No one gave him any food. He was hungry, and he ate from the slop from the pigs. I don't know about you, but that sounds like down and out. I've felt down and out. Maybe not feeding pigs, but relatively down and out for today's world. Maybe you felt down and out. And we can all relate to this part of the story. And what does he say? Oh, he was desperate. He's reminded of his father's love, the way his father looked after the servants. He has a change of heart and he runs home. His father kisses him, brings him in, puts a whole party on. And we don't know part of this story. We're on this bit and we all get excited. Yay! But the older brother, here's the crux. The older brother was furious and refused to go and welcome his brother and rejoice with his father. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But, and he told him, I, I can't believe it. I've been slaving away all these years in the church. I've been slaving away all these years here with you, Jesus. I've been slaving away all these years doing the right thing. I've been slaving. And that guy over there, your son, not my brother, that guy over there, your son, he's the bad guy. And you, and you, and you healed him? And you want to help him? This is how God heals. All I have is yours. You're with me the whole time. You're with me the whole time. And your attitude, hmm. No, I'm not happy. I'm not happy about this at all. But the brother who was reminded of the love of his father, who was reminded that his father doesn't force but wants to heal him, who was reminded that, what am I doing here? The love of my father, the strength of my father, how he treats me, what he wants for me, is way better than the down and out. 
He's changed. You're here spending this whole time with the Heavenly Father in the parable. And the older brother still, nothing, nothing, it doesn't get through to him. Is it perhaps because he didn't consider that he could be the bad guy? He needs Jesus. He needs, we need Jesus. Even if we're here at church and we do our best and we love God. You might think, okay, what has now forgiveness got to do with it? Does the older brother sound like someone who is forgiving, not holding on to resentment, not holding on to hatred, not holding on to what he or she thinks they, things need to be? One of the tools that God uses to heal us is forgiveness. You might be going, okay, oh, how though? I've heard people talk about forgiveness. What are you talking about? How, how do you make this happen? What, you're just going to forgive yourself, forgive others? And, and what, that's how God's healing power works in you? And great, wonderful. Romans 12, 2 gives us a clue. And he says, but be transformed by the progressively ch- and progressively changed as you mature into spirituality. Not as we go up and down on roller coasters. As you mature in your spirituality, by the renewing of your mind. What renewing? Not the one that wants to force you. He's not the one that wants to put you down. He wants to lift you. Renew your mind so that you go, no, there's no need for me to feel up and down in my spiritual. It's okay. Put your trust up here in, I renewed that, that's what God's like. It's all right. Focusing on his values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove yourselves that the will of God is within you. I won't go through all of it, but you know the example. The king called an ungrateful servant. Forgave him a large debt. And that servant was like, not even that grateful. Went away, doesn't forgive the other person. Sounds similar to the older brother. Spends the whole time in the heavenly father's presence and still is not changed. He's just first things out of his mouth. Resentful. Oh, how come I didn't get a party? Does that sound like someone who spent time with Jesus? Does it sound like someone who spent time with the Heavenly Father? To not forgive is like jabbing yourself with poison, hoping that you live a happy, healthy, pain-free life. And maybe, for good measure, hoping that the other person who did you wrong dies from that poison. Doesn't sound very logical to me. It doesn't sound like the way God works. Here is the ground on which we should exercise compassion towards our fellow sinners. If God loved us, ought we not love others? And you're like, oh, but Enoch, this sounds so simple. It's not easy. Ah, yeah. But didn't Jesus say, come, reason with me. Come, I'll help. Come. Oh, but it's not easy. But that's all right. Jesus says, I'll give you strength. I'll help you out. I like this um, last verse in this story where the servant 
doesn't forgive. I love this translation. It points out the angry that his mercy didn't transform his servant's heart. The king gave him over to the isolation and torment that a hard heart causes until his debt of mercy was fully paid. Likewise, the Father in heaven is angry when your hearts are not transformed despite his mercy. For if you refuse to forgive each other in your hearts, you demonstrate that you haven't been healed. Torment. But how can I forgive someone else? They hurt me. What are you talking about God's healing power? I've, I've got problems here. I've got difficulties. Things aren't easy. Life is tough. You want me to just forgive someone? That's going to hurt me. Are you sure you're not going to become a ghost? Constantly unsettled, cannot rest, constantly going around, resentment in your heart, constantly not being able to enjoy the beauty of life, the small little moments. You constantly not being able to enjoy a party when someone else has been helped. Grumpy. Yeah, where's my party? You spent... And we've all spent all this time with the Heavenly Father. We've all spent all this time with love, affection, kindness. Always being invited by God. Come on, I'll help you out. See, the gospel story is one where the hero dies for the villain. It's a bit of a shock to me. But if you think about it, makes a lot of sense for us. When we were still making mistakes and feeling down and not the best. One of my favorite um, psychologists, I'm just wrapping up here, one of my favorite psychologists, um, Carl Jung, had some, an interesting lecture. I just put out a few excerpts from this to really make it powerful for us. Um, this was uh, before World War II. He went to Switzerland to give a number of lectures to um, Christian clergy of all denominations. And one of these experts, he excerpts, he talks about how if he, as a physician, a doctor of psychology, is going to help any one of his patients, he can't just condemn them whenever he finds a moral mistake or a problem that they have in their life. He says, condemnation doesn't liberate, it oppresses. I'm the oppressor of the person I condemn, not his friend and his fellow sufferer. I do not in the least mean to say that I must never pass judgment on them. But if the, dish, if the doctor wishes to help a human being, he must be able to accept him as he is. And he cannot do this in the reality when he has already seen, he can only do this in reality when he's only seen and accepted this in himself. But what if you should discover, here's the crux, what if you should discover at least that the least among all of them, the poorest of all beggars, the most impudent of all offenders, yes, the fiend himself, that all of these are within me, and I stand in the need of the arms of my own kindness, that, I'm, that myself am the enemy who must be loved, what then? Then as a rule, we forget Christianity. We, we forget all about love and sacrifice and care for our brothers. We hide ourselves from the world. We deny ever meeting Jesus. We deny ever knowing him. We deny ever having let him come close to us. And if he did come close to us, 
in this despicable form, if we would accept ourselves and say, I need Jesus, I need to forgive me so that I can forgive others, we would deny him a thousand times. Sorry, I had a few more here, but I'm just going to... What am I trying to point out here? And what does this maybe have to do with our practical lives? If God is the one that wants to work with you and collaborate with you, if God is the one who loves you, who does not force you, and he has a way to heal you, invites you to come in, reminds you you need his help, and that he's here for you, then you need to accept that you could be in need of the love and forgiveness of God. If you don't accept it, if you don't consider that we all need that help, you can't help nobody else. You're going to be going around going, why are they getting a party? Why are they happy? And you might have noticed it's Christmas, um, or Christmas is coming up. How, do you, how can we care and love for others if we haven't allowed God to care and love for us? How can we make peace with our friends and family if we haven't made peace with ourselves? I just want to call us to just listen to God talking to us as we are asked to forgive ourselves and to forgive others and to allow God's healing power to work in our lives.